And away we go with another installment of Banker with a Beer presented by Northwestern Bank. I'm Scott. Across the way, as always, is Jerry from Northwestern Bank. Jerry, how's it going? Good, merry, early Christmas for you, Scott. It's going well. Yeah, away we go with uh, very much in the heart of the holiday season when we are recording this episode. Uh, we've got a beverage. We have a guest, as always, and we're, we're going to wind down our 2022 recording schedule with a flurry, aren't we? We are. Uh, we have a great guest. We have a great beverage. But just kind of a, a quick note for uh, those of you who listen to this podcast, this will be our last recording for 2022. So uh, if you have an opportunity, go back. I think we have over 120 episodes now. So if you're wanting and waiting for another one to drop, we'll be doing another one just after the new year, uh, starting off with our annual Jerry Jacobson uh, show. So that'll be coming up. Uh, but there are lots of great ones that are in our archives now, so feel free to look back at some of the older shows if you've missed one and catch up along the way. But today we have a great guest. We have uh, John Jimenez. He is the director of Parks, Recreation, and Forestry for the cities of Chippewa Falls. So welcome. Yeah, well, great. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to yeah, do this. This should be fun. Uh, but to do so, we're also going to be, as we always say, lubricating the conversation <laughs> with, with a great beverage. So uh, John has requested that we have uh, Modelo Espial here, which, uh, which is a great... I think it's Espial. Espial. Well, I'm, I'm sporting. I, I know a little <laughs> bit of uh, French. My Spanish is awful. So uh, we'll take it from there. So I, I will... So how do you pronounce that? Especial. Especial. Special. A special. That's it. Perfect. Special. So I will pour the beverages and I will let Scott bring John on board. All right. So while that's being uh, poured and uh, I think we're all very thirsty, uh, John, I, I know you're not, uh, you're not from the area. Uh, you're a couple of years into this position. Why don't you give us the the quick sort of two-minute uh, summary as to who John is? Yeah, well, uh, I'm originally from California, grew up there, um, and uh, started working in education when I got out of high school and went into college. Uh, once I got there, I focused on communications and theater, of all things. Um, eventually, I started working uh, my way through um, – Education again, kind of getting into uh, federal and state programs. Uh, started working with Parks and Recreation. Um, that's kind of how I entered the field of Parks and Rec. Um, once I was there, uh, I, I got it kind of ex exposed to both worlds of education and then Parks and Rec, and really kind of um, started to see all the benefits of Parks and Rec and what that offered to the communities. Um, and that's that's kind of what I got, how I got into Parks and Rec, but. Um, as far as coming here to Chippewa Falls, uh, I got here uh, from basically my wife, to be honest with you. Uh, she's from the Duluth area originally. Um, and so uh, we started to look in the area because of her family and we wanted to give her a chance to be close to her grandparents. And Chippewa Falls came up and here I am. Excellent. Now we'll dive more into all that in a moment, but the beverages have been poured. So let's clink them and drink them. Very good. There we go. A nice simple uh, cerveza for us uh, on this uh, on this afternoon. So this will be nice and uh, nice and tasty. Uh, John, uh, of course, you, you, as you said, uh, you're from California. What what part of California? Northern, southern, southern. All right. So from southern California. So of course, uh, as we do for some of our guests who come from a more warmer climate, what do you think of the snow? 
I, you know what? I love it. I think it's beautiful. Okay, first of all, it's it's beautiful to look at. And when when we had the big snow dump this year, I looked to my wife. I was like, look. I woke her up. I felt like it was Christmas early, right? Um, and she's like, you're crazy. Like, you're going to hate it. Uh, but no, I, I, I like it cold, surprisingly. I'd rather be cold than hot. Is that weird? Huh. We always say you always can put more stuff on. It's kind of, at some point you have to I mean, within good taste. You can you can't take anything more off. Right, right. <laughs> so anyway, so you transition from California. Um, other than the fact that you know you came here 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 for family, what else did you find you know enticing about the job? Well, I think the uh, the opportunity to step into a position of a director. Um, was obviously something for me that I was looking for in my next kind of progression and where I was with my uh, professional career. Um, and so when Chippewa Falls came up and I started to to do research about the city and the parks, um, kind of learning the history there, um, I was I was hooked. I was hooked once I once I kind of started reading about the history of Urban uh, Park and what that what that was in the community. And I got to tell you, when I came for my interview. Um, I came in February. I flew up February twelfth, um, and it was. They said it was the coldest day, so they were they were they were sad that it was the coldest day that I came. But I was like, this is great, <laughs> you know. And um, I remember getting a tour um, from our city planner. Uh, he drove me around the parks, and we went through Urban Park, and of course, it was covered in snow. And um, I remember driving through, and I remember seeing the water slide at <laughs> at Marshall Park, and I go, I was like, oh. There, there it is. Like I, I saw, I've ever seen pictures of it, and we drove through the park, and we, you know, there's the zoo, and I go, of course, the zoo, and uh, and I was just in awe of 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 the park and what that was, and I was like, man, this is this better happen. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, relative kind of before we kind of go into specifics about uh, the Chippewa Falls area in the in the park system, for a community of Chippewa size around fifteen thousand people, is a park system like it has normal not at all uh i mean you know uh, we're in california um the parks uh the i worked for two different parks i worked for um the city of la mirada and i worked for the city of pico rivera um and both of them you know they have their staple parks and they have their athletic facilities and baseball diamonds and etc um but by far um what chippewa falls has in their park system with urban park with the riverfront with erickson park it is beyond unique anything that i've seen um to have something which is practically can be i mean i would consider it nearly a, a, a national park the, the size of it the amenities it's truly amazing yeah and it's all free i think that's the other thing that that to me is kind of astounding too and um, that as a resident of the city of Chippewa Falls, you know, that so this is so available to us. And, um, I'll, you know, it's also a wonderful gift we have to the area, you know, because it's not just folks from the city who use the park system, but clearly it's folks from throughout the county and throughout the Chippewa Valley. So it, it serves a much bigger footprint than what the, the city would normally have. But this time of year, though, I, I'll, we'll start with Irving Park and, um, the Christmas lights, the Christmas village, and uh, anything new and different this year other than the fact that it looks bigger and better. Yeah, you know, this year we uh, we did something really neat. Um, it was actually this past Friday, uh, December 16th. Um, we did um, what, what we're calling uh, Christmas Village Comes to Life. 
and it's the first year we've done anything like this. But what we did was we uh, put it out there to the community to see if anyone was interested in volunteering and portraying Christmas villagers. Um, and so they we got about 30 responses of people around the community wanting to participate in this. We connected with a, a theater company who we rented costumes for, and uh, everyone got sized and dressed up, and they got historical facts based on the displays that they were by. And so it was really a neat, immersive, interactive experience. So bring a little bit of your theater background to this. <laughs> That's wow. Right. Yeah. What was it well received? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I showed up. I came. Uh, we had a ton of people show up. Um, I've heard nothing but positive things, and so I, I'm, I'm excited to kind of expand on this potentially next year. What I think is really neat uh, about the display is that there's actually two modes to it. And most people know about the mode of, you know, you go through and drive through and you get in line and turn off your lights. That's always kind of one of the one of the cool things is you got to turn your lights off when you go through right. it. Um, but you also can walk. And if you're willing to get out of your car and park across the street um, before at the park entrance, it's a whole different experience, especially if you have young kids and you can, you know, pull them in a sled or whatever, yeah. and they get to kind of walk and run among all the lights and things. And to me, that's just a magical experience if you hadn't had the chance to do it. Yeah, I, and I think it's one of those things where I would encourage you and people in the community to to really because it's it's open to walking every day, and and, and I think people just go, oh, it's a drive through, it's drive through experience, but it's not. It's both, right? And so. Um, I think people look forward to the, the specific days that we have allocated for walking, which is great because everyone walks. There's no vehicles. You can walk on the road and kind of get a full experience of everything. But if you haven't been out there walking to see it, come on out because you're right. You get up close and personal with the displays. You get to really take a look at them, and, and you're not just glancing at them. So it's, it's really cool. As we continue on, want want to back back up just a just a moment here and ask as somebody who came in from the outside, what's it like to take over a position from a from a long term predecessor? Because no doubt, when you come in, there's things you want to keep the same. There's no doubt things that that are going to change naturally, and you've got to get people to 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 row in the same direction. Yeah, you know that's a great question. Um, Coming in, uh, taking over for, for Dick Hebert, um, who, who when I got here, um, he was nothing but phenomenal my, through my transition. Uh, we, we, I was fortunate enough to have about a week of overlap um, between the time of, of me starting and his final day. And so I, I, in that short week, I, I got years of uh, educated from from Dick Bear regarding the park system what i need to know what's uh, in the works and and projects that he's started and hoping that i can finish um but i also got to kind of you know look I, at that at that moment a lot of information was coming in he's like he told me he said john if you can retain 1% of what i'm telling you you'll be okay. <laughs> so I said, all right, good. Uh, because that's about what was sticking, right? Uh, that 1%, you know, considering we're talking budget, we're talking logistics and all this stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think coming in and, and knowing uh, the real legacy that, that he's had and that he had with, with Bill Faraday prior to him, um, I knew that there was a, a rich tradition there uh, of sustainability and support. And so me coming in from the outside, like I was like, I wonder how I'm going to be received. <laughs> but, but also I think you, you bring fresh eyes where, you know, you don't have these, 
I won't call them sacred cows or, or, or whatever in terms of what's all, we've always done it this way and we can't do it that way. Uh, I would also think in some ways that that's a benefit to you and your position because, you know, we all have our, our, our issues or our, you know, the things that have always been. And I think having someone see things from a fresh perspective oftentimes is exactly what, what you need in this situation. Yeah. I, you know what? I, I'm always been of the mindset that, um, I, I'm always open to something new. I've always had that idea of, of, right. If you're not going upwards and you're staying stagnant, then you're not doing anything right. And so always looking for opportunities to grow and be better. I feel like that's something that, that I've always had instilled in me and that I would love to continue to do here in our park system. Well, and that, that's a great segue into kind of my next line of questions because one thing about the Chippewa Park System is that there's always something new. I mean, every, it's, it's not just I, – many communities tend to maintain their parks or they try to renovate something. Uh, Chippewa always seems to be growing, expanding, modernizing um, – and so what are some of the things that are on tap now? I know for um, improvements to Chippewa Falls, some of the, there have been some improvements at Flag Hill. Uh, I mean, Erickson Park, is, I mean, there's some great things, but what's, what's, what are the next steps? Yeah, um, uh, you, you mentioned Flag Hill, and really right now, that's kind of one of um, our focal points in, in the continual development and improvement of the park, you know, with, with our first phase completed, which was uh, the inclusion of a, of a new uh, parking lot and the, uh, the built of a, a four-season restroom with a pavilion up there. Um, it was kind of the first step, right? Now, as we've, we've started our second phase, which I'm super excited about, I cannot express how excited I am about this, and that is the fact that we are looking to um, include a playground that is fully accessible right all of our playgrounds are ada compliant but that doesn't mean that they're fully accessible for for people who have disabilities or in wheelchairs and the goal and the vision would be to create a space where anybody regardless of their abilities or inabilities is able to engage and participate in recreational activities in this playground and so i'm super excited with that along with the fact that we're trying to rebuild um, the stairs that lead from the lower park of Urban Park to the upper part of Flag Hill, which we've had to shut down because they are just in not safe conditions. Can I ask, so is the former uh, shelter building, the concrete shelter building there, will that be torn down? Not not that there's that big one that looks like it's a bombed out shelter <laughs> that every year it gets worn down just a bit more is... Is that going to go? That is going to go. Thank yeah, you. yeah, we are going to get rid of that. Uh, and we've we're at the point where luckily no one's gone in there. <laughs> but but yeah, that's something that we will definitely come out of there along with creating a plaza, another parking lot. Um, and so we're we're really excited about that. We got a, a grant from the DNR to kind of help support that. So we're looking to get the matching funds for it. Whenever you're in any sort of position of power there if you, you if you want to make change there's always people that don't want change so I'm, obviously i'm talking about the the, the pool and all that sure. that of course is brought up uh, you know, a lot of people like to use the pool it costs money though i know it's been a big point of discussion up there yeah. uh in chippewa falls where do you stand uh, with the pool and trying to make sure you're maximizing revenue and and maximizing 
what's going to get the most amount of use out of people because I know you've got ideas for that space that may or may not involve a pool or maybe involve something grander than an outdoor pool. Sure, yeah. So uh, I'd, I'd love to address that because um, I think that when when this kind of all really got unhinged, um, it was a lot of, uh, really it was mis, a misinterpretation of what happened. And so uh, to be transparent, I was presenting to the council, uh, committee of the whole, essentially the state of the pool, right? Where we are, what's going on, and what's going to have to be addressed. And the fact that the building um, that stands there was built in 1965, uh, that's, it's the same bathhouse. And, 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 and I know in talking to Bill Faraday about, about this, um, he had a plan and idea that he it needed to change in 1987. So he tried his best to get a new pool at that point. Um, it, it just didn't happen. But he he saw that that this needs you can't have a building from 1965 in 1987, let alone in 2022, right? And so, um, and me kind of giving the information to the council, I think, and presenting some just viable options, right? It's it's rebuild, it's remodel, or uh, and or it's build new, right? Um, and so, uh, I think all that really spun out of control, um, and the media got a hold of it and kind of spun their perspective and angles on it. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been that's been a tough road really to, to navigate. So, well, and, and I think it's a you know as a taxpayer in the city you know it, it's it's a tough situation because there's about six to eight weeks where it's really a great attribute for the community but then you know the, the other 44 weeks out of the year that it's lightly used and most of the time it's not used at all and right. how much can you justify paying for a facility that's used literally for a few weeks out of the year and then at what level you know can that be so uh it's it, it's a tough call and, and i mean i have i have children i you know their ability to be able to swim in a safe place and learn how to swim and have swimming lessons whatever right. i think is great but then we've also have a pool at the y and a pool at the middle schools and you know so i i, I see there are balances out there of, of of what you know what you'd like to do and then what you can afford to do right and you know we've since then we've formed a pool committee um, and the pool committee consists of uh, community residents, um, park board members, and council members, and, and um, uh, pr- uh, participants from the uh, school district. So we have a good a good gr- core group of people who are trying to navigate this this very choppy water, right? Um, and, and trying to figure out what's going to be the best solution for uh, the community, for the department, and how are we going to be able to sustain this right because you're investing if you're going to build something new you're investing millions of dollars into this and the community is investing millions of dollars into this and so you know how are we going to be able to sustain this outside of those three four months that it's open uh can we make this space transformable to where you can utilize it during off seasons in the winter and kind of help bring in revenue to to continue to sustain this this building so I think one thing that's very unique about Chippewa Falls is that uh, first, it's obviously the, um, I'll call it the depth of its park program, but that these improvements for the most part are all funded through donations. I mean, this isn't community, I mean, it's community dollars from the standpoint that these funds are raised in the community, but as far as taxpayer dollars, other than park maintenance, uh, I think very few 
taxpayer dollars go into a lot of these improvements. It's, I know there's a Thorpe Foundation, yep. and you know, uh, and whether it be, I mean, in Casper Park, Erickson Park, I can go through all the whole list. Uh, right. It's all community dollars from individuals that throw above and beyond. You know, and certainly folks who live outside of the city and the surrounding townships and things are very generous in uh, making sure that these facilities are not only um, top notch, but in, in impressive and sometimes transformative. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you hit the nail on the head. I've never seen a community like Chippewa Falls that is so supportive of its park systems. When I found out, when, when and Dick, remember Dick was going over the donations um, that the park gets and breaking down Christmas Village and breaking down uh, the Thorpe Foundation, breaking down the William Irvin Foundation, just kind of going, I was like, this is insane. Like, I've never seen anything like this. Like, this is amazing. And so I was blown away and continue to be blown away by the support that the community has for, for the park system. Well, it's stellar. I mean, uh, my wife and I took on Saturday. We walked through parts of Irvin Park, um, not the part where the display is, but from Flag Hill out through Irvin Tinker Drive. And it, well, then obviously for those of you who are listening, um, if you remember, there's a there's a wonderful uh, snowfall that was all clinging to the trees, and it looked like you're going through this uh, Christmas cathedral. It was just. It, it was breathtaking. Taking, we just taking photos, and you like look up, and you're like first amazed and think, "Oh crap! What if this falls down on me?" <laughs> but it, it, it's it's almost a magical experience. Yeah, it really is. Um, I I yeah, I can't say enough about how special the park is. Well, I'm gonna just go a couple, a few other areas, but uh, probably the, the newest uh, uh, jewel in the crown jewels of the park system is Erickson Park, and uh, through a a grant from the DNR, but again, also more volunteer dollars. Uh, there was the idea of being able to connect Irving Park to uh, Glenlock uh, through a really beautiful bridge and then create a um, area where people can be very accessible to uh, Glenlock through how uh, a very, I guess, uh, ingenious uh, docking system. So someone with disabilities can literally, you can be in a boat, you can do fishing, you can do whatever, and it just opened up this part of the park that even though I'd walked by it hundreds of times, all of a sudden it's like, that's really, that's gorgeous. Right, yeah. How, how they did that. Uh, whose idea was that and how did that come to pass? So um, that that was really something that, that Dick Hebert, uh Ron Bakken, um, who played a, a, a huge part in the, the development success of of being able to acquire the funds for Erickson Park came. I think that, that they had a big involvement in this, and so did the the special friends of Urban Park. And so um, they they kind of all together were able to kind of pitch the idea. And, and this was, mind you, this was when um, they were trying to uh, complete uh, the Welcome Center, right, in the Small Mammal Building. And so when I, I remember talking to Beth Arneberg, the, the park board president, about this, she was saying, well, yeah. They came to us, Ron came and said, I'd like to do this. And she's like, how? How are we going to do that? We're trying to still finish the, the small mammal building. But but she's like, we were fortunate enough that, that he was confident that he was going to be able to do this. And, and it, it really has been great uh, contribution in addition to Urban Park. And, and you can just go on. You, you mentioned the zoo and the, the – and the, and it's the biggest zoo in the Chippewa Valley, but yet it's done on a level where it's it's again it's free, it's affordable, uh, it's clean, it's impressive, it's it, it, it's it's amazing. 
Uh, I'm going to pivot a little bit away from that area and then going to talk a little about the Chippewa Riverfront Park. Yep. And that was just opened up um, maybe two, three years ago. It it it's it was a little bit interesting process because the to actually get to the point where they're building the park took like 10 or 15 years and buying parcels of land and uh, doing some site remediation from, you know, former uh, businesses that used to work there. But finally it was built, seeded the whole thing out, and it, next year it flooded. And so the whole thing kind of got washed away. <laughs> right. And so they reloaded did the whole thing again. But what can we expect in that space going forward, John? Yeah, you know, I think when I saw the space – um, and as, as you guys know, and I mentioned earlier that I have a theater background, I've been a huge advocate for the visual and performing arts. And so knowing that we have a space like Riverfront, I wanted to try to, to highlight that, right? I, I wanted to try to highlight that and continue um, the music and movies at the Riverfront. So I think that's something that, that we'll continue to do and provide for the community free of cost for everyone to come and enjoy. Um, but in addition to that, it's just what else can we do that's going to encourage the community to come by and enjoy a free entertainment, right? And so um, we've tried, we tried to uh, include the tree lighting event. Uh, we tried to do a Halloween event this past year. We we tried to uh, we we did a Fourth of July fireworks show, which was in line with the music and uh, and movies at the riverfront. And so I think that that night was was one of our most highly attended events. I think we had well over two thousand people in attendance, um, which was just fantastic to see right the, the community come together and 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 be in an environment in a space that was safe uh and and something that they can enjoy right and so the idea of trying to continue to create that so this upcoming year we're going to continue our music uh series concert series in the summer um and we're going to have uh the choir from the high school they're going to be performing one of the weekends there um we've booked um them Cooley Boys is going to be coming, closing out the summer series, uh, which is exciting. Um, but yeah, the continuance of trying to highlight uh, visual and performing arts, I think, is a it's a big goal. Well, and, and how the park was developed was actually quite, um, uh, I won't say ingenious, but it, it's where you keep going to have, they have food trucks that, pill, that pull in and hook up and uh, you create quite a little environment there that uh, is, is again very very it's not intimate because it, it's, it's a large space but it, it it feels it feels more intimate from the standpoint of, of how it's just so close there to the river and it's sure. just like a, a a view of Chippewa that you just don't see unless you get out of your car and actually walk down there and experience it right right couple other things. I know we're getting close on our time here, but um, uh, there's a big athletic park on the southwest uh, side of town, Casper Park. Uh, how's that going and any improvements planned for there? Yeah, Casper Park, um, it's really one of those parks that's, that is hidden in, in Chippewa Falls. Um, and uh, it's, it's really, when you get there, you're really in awe of what we have, right? We have a huge soccer complex there. We have a baseball field, four softball diamonds. Um, we just added our uh, Lining Kugel's disc golf course there, um, which uh, I'm extremely excited about. A, because that was one of the things that Dick uh, Bear was like, I've started this. And I hope that you can finish it. And so, uh, I, I'm fortunate that that was I was able to kind of see that through. Uh, the big part there was trying to figure out how to acquire funds for it. Luckily, we, uh, with the partnership of the chamber uh, and Jackie Boos, we were able to 
uh, complete a grant that helped us acquire that and kind of see that through um, through the finish there. Um, so that's really exciting. But um, you know, we're looking to continually improve that, and so um, we've had discussions about uh, adding uh, a secondary baseball field um, right next to where uh, Gannon Field mm-hmm. is. Uh, we've talked about. I had a group reach out to me wanting to do uh, have that be the home field for their rugby league. And so uh, it, it's really um, my goal is to continue to bring awareness to where that park is and how to get there and all the amenities that it has to offer. And there's, I mean, like we were running out of time, but I could talk about the the Happy Days Dog Park. You know, in terms of you know taking this, I thought that was a very clever way to do it. It's right along the intersection of Highway 29 and Business 29, and they took this basically this very large uh, water retention pond and turned it into a place that's very well utilized for people who want to walk their dogs. And uh, I don't know how many acres it is, maybe 20 acres, 30 acres, but it's it's all fenced in, and the dogs can run off a leash and really enjoy that. And then you've got, you know, you've got the smaller parks and you've got pickleball. And it's just like, it, it's it's hard not to find a corner of the community that hasn't been touched and enriched by by a park of some shape or size. Yeah. And that's that's the, the amazing thing, right? That we have all of these parks, all of the neighborhood parks. And this is all being maintenanced and supported by a very small team of five uh, park maintenance staff. That's, that's it. it. That's it. Five. We have one, well, one zookeeper. They're, they have to be at the zoo, right? Sure. Uh, we have our maintenance foreman. Uh, and then we have, um, the other four full-time maintenance staff. And then that, that's it. We, so they really deserve all the credit when it comes to the maintenance upkeep of all of these parks. They make the park system go. Well, the last point I've got, and I think we're, we're running out of time here, but uh, we talked a little about this before. I, I'm one of my hopes as a community resident is that we could like open up the view a little bit along the along the river. Um, but I don't know if again if that's a, a, a park situation or a city, you know, another part of the city or the county or the DNR. But uh, we have you know the, the, we've done such a wonderful job in kind of opening up the river thus far with Riverfront Park. And I think if that could continue to a certain level, I think it would also just kind of bring uh, the Chippewa River from more excluded to more included in the community. Yeah, I love that idea. I really do. And so uh, when I leave here, know that, <laughs> know that I'm going to follow through on that and see if see if we can do anything as the forestry department. Before we let you go, a favorite spot you've developed in town. Ooh, to eat or just in general? Oh, let's 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 <laughs> let's say to eat and in general then. Sure. Uh, well, I really I really like sushi, and I I didn't think that I was gonna find a, a good sushi spot, and we have one right in town, and so Sakura has it's been fabulous. yeah, it's great, yeah. it really is, and so I was I was pleasantly surprised there. So I I really do enjoy that. Um, as far as a uh, place to go, um, it's, it sounds cheesy. But I really do like going to the park. I really do. Uh, and so I have a son who's five years old. And so um, we go, we walk the, the trails, uh, we walk around the park on the weekends. He loves to play on the playgrounds. And so uh, it sounds cheesy, but whatever. It's the truth. It's, it's, I would say the park. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. We've been talking with John Jimenez, the Director of Parks, Recreation, and Forestry from the city of Chippewa Falls. Uh, thank you for listening to a Scott and I interview. Uh, John, today, and chat over a beer. If you'd like to be heard, please give Banker with a Beer a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. 
Tell your friends about us and join us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Northwestern Bank website, or wherever you listen to your podcast from. Bank with a Beer is sponsored by Northwestern Bank, building stronger communities where people matter.